Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is our preview of the Saturday of the Ebor meeting. I'm sure we'll be going elsewhere as well. It's been a mixed two days for us, hasn't it, Jim? I'd say I'd say I've been I've been going going all right, steady away, an 80 to one winner on the first day with Summer Moon. Gay after the business, hit the post three times today. We recorded this Thursday evening, so that's a little bit frustrating. I think it's been a bit more of a bloodbath for you, though, pal. Oh, it's, it's been one to forget. As, as, as much as I've banged on going, how much I can't wait for this week, I'm, I'm slowly wishing I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> well, I'm sure, mate. Well, in fact, I'm not sure given the way this week's gone. But I hope, I hope Saturday's a little bit better. We'll be taking you through the big races at York there. And we will start with the first at uh, 1.50. It is the Skybet and Symphony Group Strensall Stakes. It's a group three over a mile and a furlong. And the bet best price is seven to two for Lord Glitters, eight to one Miss O'Connor, tens Dark Vision and Pogo, twelve Zabil Prince, fourteen Certain Lad, Epic Hero and Prince Agey, sixteen to one. Beringer, Jim, my initial reaction uh, to having a look at the field in this race was I wanted to take Lord Glitters on. Yes, that 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 I respect your opinion, but um I think Lord Glitters is a fair enough favourite. Um, David O'Mara's got a very good record in this race uh, him and Sir Michael Stout have had quite a bit of success in this including uh, David O'Mara winning this race with Lord Glitters in 2018 um, I think it's it's not as deep a renewal as most years but there, there's some interesting types And um, what do you most what do you want to take on Lord Glitters with firstly? Well, my my initial thought was maybe Dark Vision or Pogo. Pogo won a handicap on the Friday of the meeting last year, progressed into being a you know probably a good listed borderline Group Three horse, third last time out in France. I thought he was overpriced at tens, and the way Dark Vision's been running in handicaps this season uh, means that cracks at Group Company. Should certainly be back on the agenda with him. The fact that Lord Glitters is a little bit old and unfashionable, though, had probably clouded my head before I'd had a little bit more of an in-depth look at his recent form. Because it is the best. He has been holding his own in better races than this this season. Yeah, most certainly. Um, just going back to your point about Pogo, he didn't run too badly last time out in the uh, Group 1 in France behind Persian King, did he? Uh, no. I, I know he ran. I know he got a fairly easy enough lead in front, and that's tend to be the best place to be in France. However, he still battled on, even though the Persian King passed him and Stormy Atlantic. He only tired slightly late on. Uh, I think the ground's going to be. Well, it's allegedly good, but it's looked sticky, sticky over the last couple of days. And I do think he runs a bit better underfoot. Um, I agree with you that I think he is overpriced. Um, back to Lord Glitters, though. I was. He's. I think he's been given a slight bit too much to do in his his two starts so far this season. Um, I know that's sort of the way that he's ridden, uh, but you go back to his summer mile uh, fourth behind Mahatha and San Donato, and uh, he was strongly on the bridle coming coming round for the home straight, two furlongs to go, and then he's just been asked, and he's still got to make up five, six, seven lengths. 
Uh, and he does well, especially with Mahatha extending even more. Um, he does stay on well enough. And it, so far this season, he has shown me enough that um, he's, he's still up to a fair enough standard. He's running the sky bet York Stakes was... Maybe you wanted to see more, but there was a few disappointments that day. The horses that you were expecting to be close to the front um, weren't, and we've seen Regal Reality back that form up the other week, winning at Salisbury. Um, and I know he's an unflashy profile, but I think he, I think he could be, he should be up to winning this. Um, you go back to his peak performance, winning the Queen Anne uh, back in. 2019, and which that seems like years ago, but it was only last year. Um, I do think that he prefers better ground. It, it, you can see some things in his form where when he has run on softer ground, he has slightly disappointed sometimes. Um, however, the better ground, the better chance. And I think 72 is a fair enough price about him. He's one of those where you could look to get him. I've looked to try and get him beat in this race. However, I just can't seem to find a lot. Uh, that I think will beat him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? The, the fact that you said Lord Glitters won the Queen Anne last season, he's mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, how different the miling division is in one year. What price would Lord Glitters go off now to be beating? Your Siskins of the world and your Mohaffers and your Palace Piers. You'd do well to get what? 40s, 50s? Yeah, I was going to say 33s. Mate, yeah. It's, but you are right. They're, they're running the... I guess they're running the Summer Mile and they're running the York Stakes are probably the two best pieces of recent form held by any horse in this race. Arguably barring Pogo's third in the pre-Dispahan, but we say it was a group one. It, was a, it wasn't the strongest of of group ones you'd ever see. You know, we I say most of the horses really were listed group three class British Raiders, Stormy Antarctic second. Uh, so it it wasn't the deepest race, but I I think ten to I think he's overpriced at ten to one. I think he's got I think he's got a bit of work on to do to match the form of Lord Glitters, but I wouldn't put it past him, he's progressing the right way. Uh anything else we've not mentioned the second five, Miss O'Connor Jim Won four times last season, uh, and then uh, fifth in a group three fillies at Ascot last time. Yeah, she's she slowly creeped along last season. Um, I, we only saw her on the track as a four-year-old, and, and now we we see her as a five-year-old. I was slightly disappointed with the reappearance in the Valiant. Um, I'm gonna put that down to the ground. Uh, if you look at her form figures, she is a mud-loving. Uh, mare and uh, she just couldn't quite battle on in that quicker ground at Ascot. Um, she had a, it was a nice re re uh, what's the word reappearance. Um, however, I do think she has to step up once again, and, and I think maybe if I was Miss O'Connor's team, maybe I'd aim more for for her own sex races. Um, that's nothing against her to say that she's not up to this standard but I think there could be races to be won with her against her own sex um, she's entered in the Atalanta Phillies and Mares Group 3 on Sunday which I'd see as a more viable option um, uh, further on in the season she's got the entry, entry in the matron uh, as well so 
I think the more logical idea would be to go for the Atalanta. Uh, but if she goes here, I, I do think she needs good, soft, proper soft ground. It's big galloping action. Uh, and I also don't think leading last time out necessarily to do any favours. Um, I, I do think that... I, I do think that she can lead from the front, but she will also be better with a lead. Um, I don't think she's one-dimensional, um, but she's not for me at 8-1. to one. No, I agree, mate. Uh, I'd sum Miss O'Connor up by saying she'll never win on anything quicker than soft. Yeah. She'd ideally want the season to be to start in about October. Yeah, get a run in my Yalarenke. Uh <laughs> And another one for Lewis Tomlinson's Budstock Dan Corner. Prince Age is a son of Izzy Top. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. I liked that, though. Uh, Izzy Top's got, had a fantastic start. Uh, like, first time out uh, winners. Uh, there was one the other day that's names escaped me, John Gosden's. Izzy Top's first time out horses always run a cracker. Um, they none of them have really seemed to kick on as much yet, but um, Prince AG is, is one of them as you mentioned and nice to see him here yeah was it uh, Busy Lizzie it was the, the, the John Losden horse yeah it two out of July two that was well. yeah yeah uh, by Muhara uh, moving away from the strength all stakes Lord Glitters is, is it for you Jim yeah I'm, I'm going to go Lord Glitters I think 72 is fair and I respect that, and I wouldn't put anyone off it. But I'd fractionally go for Pogo at the prices. I think 10 to 1 underestimates his likelihood of winning the race, especially with a. There's nine runners, so you're going to get three places. The third, you know, third favourites are 10 to 1. There's worse races to be betting each way in. Uh, as we move on to the 225, it's a Sky Bet Melrose handicap, and they bet best prices 4 to 1 favourite Moon, 7 to 1 for Kips. Eight Midnight Legacy, Twelves Mambo, Knights Grand Bazaar, A Star Above, and Coltrane. Fourteen to one Bodyline, King's Charisma, Sixteens Bar. Then I always love the Melrose. I always. Um, I agree. I love it. It's a race I've got a shocking record in, though, mate. And I'd be very surprised if I picked the winner here. It's a race I'm struggling to get my head around. I mean, we start with the favourite, favourite Moon. I completely see why he's far. Yeah. Winner of the Bet365 handicap at Haydock last time out, uh, back at the start of July, where he beat Subjectivist, obviously he was getting, you know, a whole host of weight, £17 he was given. But he looked like he appreciated every yard of the, of the, of the mile six. Same trip again here, he's up seven for that. Kieran Fallon takes three off. The case is obvious, mate. Yeah, um, you've got to respect him at the top of the market. Um, like you said, that that running against subjectivist, the form of that's not exactly uh, would put you off him. He's he's run well at, at Goodwood and maybe was slightly disappointing the other day. Um, but he'd been running consistently well over what was clearly an inadequate tri- trip for him round Wolverhampton, Newbury. Uh, he, I, I do think so. He's another one that's soft ground. Uh, which will be crucial for him, um, which he, he will certainly get. Um, and you have to respect him at four to one um, for last year's 
winning trainer William Haggis. Uh, he he always targets his best stayers with this, and and you can understand why. Yeah, completely, mate. Anything away from the fab then that takes your interest? Um, like you, I mean, it's a tricky, tricky race. My shortlist is on a, a fair amount. Uh, I, I was really impressed with Mambo Knights last time out at Goodwood in that handicap. Um, he did a lot wrong in the race and still managed to get his head in front. Um, the form of that race, I thought, was fairly strong enough at the time. There was, they had some horses that had been running in derby trials and uh, horses that have won handicaps fresh and going straight to that. And um, he, he kept finding and finding towards the end, which made me have the opinion that he will like this step up in trip to a mile five and a half. Um, I, at the start of his career, I thought a mile and two was probably his bag. However, they've stepped him up slowly and uh, he, seems, he seems to have uh, improved for the step up in distance each time. It was interesting last time. Um, I do think he's a horse that needs to be ridden quite close to the pace and in the last couple of days we've seen at York that it's quite difficult for horses to make up ground from the back I'm not saying that there's a bit of a track bias because I don't think there is but um, it's just took a bit longer for the wheels to get spinning on the horses coming from behind uh, so I think that's an interesting angle Grand Bazaar's another horse who I'll also be seeing that will be pushing the pace forward we've seen him uh, rattle off a, some nice wins this season and un, just denied late on last time out at Newmarket. Uh, I do like Midnight's Legacy. I thought that run at Haydock last time out was very good, but he's one that, like I said, will be ridden towards the back, which I don't think uh, will suit him. Um, Indigo Lake looked like he was going to win last time out, the horse that he beat, but he was just nabbed by two, Nathaniel. And he's... I think he's only been put up £2 for that victory. And he's seeming to get in his act together and his form's sort of backing up now. Uh, it's two nice wins at Haydock, which means he'll, he'll handle a bit of sticky ground. Uh, and he's probably where I'd be edging to at the minute. Uh, Martin Harley gets on really well with him and ridden him before. And I still think there's a bit of juice in his mark off 90. I might have a bit of a swing in this. Well, it's not. A, it's not a. It's not a huge swing. But I might give another chance to body line. Oh, but I think I think the bird's flown. Look, he was turned over at odds on last time in a four-runner race, which isn't ideal. It's not ideal, but I think the horse who beat him that time, Bondi Sands. Uh, was just clearly better than his mark on 74. You know, I, I think it would have taken a decent one to give Bondi Sands £11 and and do him there. I, I think the step up two extra furlongs will suit Bodyline because I, I think he's more of a plugger than a quick now. And if it wouldn't particularly worry me if he was off the bridle a fair way out. And I can just kind of see him hitting the frame. He ran, he he shaped well in the King George, uh, the fifth at Royal Ascot, without ever quite looking like winning. Again, looked like a horse who would come into his own on the, over further distances on his first start of the season at Yarmouth. Hey, look, he, 
You'd have been disappointed he didn't win last time out, but that's why you're getting 14 to 1 about him. If he did do that, you know, and, and got the better of Bondi Sands, who I still think was a well handicapped horse that day, so I don't, I don't particularly see it as a, as a regression from bond, body line. I just kind of see it as one of them where, well, he's bumped into a horse who was always going to be better than 74. So you're getting 14 to 1 about him, and, and I think, well, you take that. You take that last run out, he's probably four four to five points shorter than fourteens. Yeah. And I don't think the run last time out was as bad as it may first appear. Because when a horse is beaten at odds on, the market tends to react next time out because it's a letdown. Mm. And I see it as a slight overreaction this time. So in a race where I'm kind of struggling to find an angle that I'm massively keen on, there's a little bit of a minor one there, and that would be my play if I had to. Yeah, yeah I understand that. I do. I do think that form won't be as bad uh, as you made out. Um, another horse that keeps catching my eye that I think will outrun his odds is Fishable uh, for uh, Tim Easterby and David Allen. He's a horse who I've, I've followed since he's handicapping two wins. Uh, he's beat Scotty Summit both times, both at Ripon over a mile and two. And he's always read, uh, ridden fairly prominently. He gets a bit off the bridle with three furlongs, four furlongs to go, but he always finds plenty. Uh, I think I think the step up in trip is interesting. That um, they think he'll he'll stay the one mile five trip. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think there's other races to be won within this season, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ran better. And I still think there's a bit of juice in his mark of 89. Good shout out to him. 22 to 1 best price fishable for the Easterbys. Uh, final selection for the Melrose MA. I'm, I'm with Bodyline, but if I was to rank confidence from one star to five, this would be a one star bet. No, I, I, I'm, I'm same in this race. Um, I'll, I'll lean towards Midnight Legacy for Alan King. Happy days, mate. Moving on to the three o'clock, it's the Skybet City of York Stakes. Again, another really good race. I, like I said, I love my seven furlong events. I love my seven furlong events. We saw a good one at the week, and we dream of dreams who were absolutely pissed up. This is a better race than the Hungerford Dog, and the best price is two to one for one master, nine to two safe voyage, five to one San Donato, nine to one for Fret, who was in the Hungerford, comes here instead. Uh, 10's Escobar, 12 Shine So Bright, 16's Beat Lebon and Queen Jojo. And twenty-five to one. Don't make us make a case for Brando, please. Uh, <laughs> Jim the Fav obviously won master. Just I think I called on to an absolute diamond of a racehorse. Short enough though at twos. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it was also interesting that you said at the beginning threats come into this because three-year-olds have had such a good record in the past five years. In this, it's been won by every year by for the past five years by three-year-olds shine so bright and expert eye in, in recent times. Um, and it's quite disappointing that he, he's the only three-year-old that's coming here this season. Um, normally a fairly decent turnout, but um, back to one master. Um, what she did last time, she found herself in all sorts of trouble. Um, never got a clear run. Just squeezed with a, with a furlong to go. Just got out. And absolutely flew on to just get the better of Valeria Messalina in that Phillies and Mares group three last time. Um, 
I mean, she's she's ultra consistent. Uh, I do think seven furlongs is just about her bag now. Uh, she's now at the age of six. I used to think that six was was her bang on, but I, I do think she gets seven certainly now. Um, All the best form seven, mate. I'd, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd never have her down as a six furlong. She's almost like a dream of dreams, where an extended six you can get away with, but she wants seven. Yeah. Um, however, like you said, I do think she's slightly short. Uh, she does get the mayor's allowance and she is the joint rated best horse in this race with Safe Voyage and San Donato. I think I'll probably be leaning towards San Donato. Um, that move that he made in the Sussex Stakes last time out was pretty significant. Um, two furlongs to go, he, he come wide and loomed up on the outside and everyone thought, I, I think the com- even the commentators are slightly surprised that San Donato was coming and he was fairly keen early on as well. Uh, he did well to sort of sustain his, his run for as long as what he did. Um, he ran really well behind Mahatha, as I've mentioned in that summer mile uh, stakes previously. Uh, he come with a late flourish towards the end. Interesting that they're that the stepping down to seven furlongs, uh, having campaigned him at mostly a mile or as a two-year-old at, at six furlongs. Um, so I think... He's a solid enough bet for me at the minute at five to one. I think that's fairly generous about him. Uh, safe voyage, you sort of know where you are with him. He will run his race. He'll probably finish second or third, and that's in the nicest possible way. Because if he won, I think uh, I wouldn't be disappointed if he did, because he's an absolute great standing dish for uh, John Quinn. However, I do think there's a slight bit more progression to come from San Donato. He's still only likely raced it for. Uh, four-year-old he has only had eight starts uh and i think this would be an interesting stepping stone to something like the irish champion stakes i think sending him over to ireland for this uh in fact just looking at it, he has got an entry in it which is interesting um i think i do think that san donato is probably the flashier profile of anything in this even though threat is the uh three-year-old very agreement mate Really? We're in agreement. I'm with San Donato as well here. And like you said, look, he looked like he could compete in the Sussex. Yeah. He looked like he was going to... Well, he did run well, even though he finished sixth or seventh. I'd have classed that as a good run. He loomed up really well, travelled nicely into the race, and in, in, in what's turned out to be quite a strong crop of milers, just wasn't quite at the level of the best of them. I think he goes slightly under the radar because he wasn't doing his two-year-old winning in the big races. But he beat Hello Yumzain as a two-year-old yeah. at Haydock. He was a listed winner at Donny where he beat Barbill, who didn't go for the same Great St. Wilfred, but won today. Nightmare. It's all uh, right, because I had the Great St. Wilfred covered. <laughs> oh, I, Oh, I, I'm sure I'd have had you, though, there, mate. Uh and that you know, his only run as a three-year-old, he was third in the French Guineas, which again looks decent. Now we know what per- Persian King, all right, is not a world-class racehorse, but he's a decent enough Group One animal, especially in France. And and my favourite racehorse, Shaman, uh, uh, has, has been winning in France as well this season. Won the Group Two on like what the first, the second day of French racing. The second day, I think it was. So, he's a horse who I, who I feel has kind of 
maybe not got the credit he deserves, but it's just almost a whole lot people seem to have forgotten about. Mm. And then when he came back this season, he's been fair prices because he's been turning up in good races, but he's been acquitting himself well. This is the most winnable race he's running since he was two. Mm. And I think a repeat of what he'd done in the Sussex should be enough to see me up. Don't get me wrong. This is a up-to-standard group two. Safe Voyage is as game and as likeable as they come. You know, deserved his win at Epsom this season. Ran a fine race in the Lennox Stakes. It looks pretty good. Now Escobar finished one place ahead of Safe Voyage in the Lennox. After, not wanting to be asked, but after I kind of felt the bird had flown with Escobar, I kind of felt, oh, this is a horse who's, who's going backwards. I was wrong. Back to form last time out in the Lennox. He'd have a chance here. It's also it's, interesting with Escobar that he has had a win, second, second wind operation. Must have heard some at last time, and, and he still ran with credit. Yeah, completely. I outlined on the last podcast uh, why I don't like Fret. Just, just I, look at it's just a sort of also again. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he hadn't trained on. Looking at him, a very, very forward two-year-old, but not quite top class. And they're the sort of horses that, if they don't progress, become incredibly hard to place as three-year-olds because they're never going to be up to an open an open group two like this. And the more progressive three-year-olds will beat them in races of their own ages. I think Fret falls into that category. Uh, shine so bright. Decent this season. Best run, best run of his campaign last time out when third in the Hackwood. Step back up in trip should suit him. 12-1 to 1 is a fair price. So, again, if you were to rank how good you thought these horses were just in general, I'd be surprised if you had Shine So Bright in the top three. Pete uh, LeBon ran really well last time out at Salisbury after making an absolute bollock of the start. Uh, he'd have got close to regal reality if you were half awake. Uh, <laughs> But again, that that was a that well that was a, probably a career best from him. Over a furlong shot, I'm not sure whether that'll suit him. Queen Jojo won the summer stakes here last time out as well, so she merits a crack at this. But again, likely to find herself outclassed. And Brando's Brando, uh, which means he'll probably win at twenty five to one when no one's on him. <laughs> and yeah, um, I do think it's shine so bright that you mentioned. He's the only sort of pace angle I see in this. Um, there's, there's a lot of hold-up horses that like to come late in your one Masters. Uh, we we saw San Donato ridden fairly quiet last time. Escobar's normally hidden up, uh, held up, sorry. Queen Giorgio stepping up to seven furlongs for the second time. Uh, she on the over six is normally ridden towards the back of the field. So it it will be interesting to see how Sylvester D'Souza dictates the pace because he could have a fairly easy easy lead from the front. I think that may actually play into the hands of San Donato, though, Jim. Do you think? I think it could do. San Donato travelled very well on the bridle from off the pace to take himself into the race. So I don't think that would be uh, a particular issue for him here. If, 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 if he's ridden similar to how he was in the Sussex, where I, I don't see why they wouldn't, over seven furlongs, You'd assume he'd go a quicker pace than the Sussex, even though, well, it won't be too different, even if it's only shine so bright, vying for the lead. So I think Sandinato 
you know, even if he's held up, can travel into the race off that sort of pace and get himself into a position to win it. Yeah, um, I do. Like you said, I think he might even be ridden slightly closer to the pace. Um, I see him and Safe Voyage just tucking in behind the leader. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that the only clear standout front runner in this, I thought, was Shine So Bright. This is my favourite race on the Saturday. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Three very likeable, three very likeable market leaders, but we're both with Sandonato. Could that be a double nap in the RTR naps? Moving on then to the big one, the most valuable handicap in Europe. It's not the million pound e-bar anymore. It's a quarter of a million pound e-bar. Uh, don't, bet... don't quite have the same ring to it, does it? The quarter of a million pound e-bar. No, Noel Edmonds were giving that away about 15 years ago. Drop <laughs> yourselves on, lads. Uh, best prices eight to one for Jared Prince and Pablo Escobar at the top of the betting tens for Trushan, twelves Pondus, Monica Sheriff, sixteens Deja, the reserve Hochfeld, and then twenties Ghostwatch, floating artist who doesn't run, uh, so I don't know why he's still in the market. Shailene Ranchand and Vedana Blue, twenty-five to one. Bar then. Always one of the trickiest puzzles of the year to solve, Jim. Do you have any confident selections? Um, I don't have a confident selection, but I have a, an interesting one at a price that I think will probably outrun his odds. Uh, and that Can I guess? Go on. Are you going to say El Misk? No. Oh! Go uh, on. I'm going to go Jeremiah of Charlie Fellows. Um, now... Best yes, twenty-five. Yeah, I think he might outrun his odds, especially if they're offering five places or so. I, I think he's got a really good chance of being in the first uh, half of the field, if, if anything. Uh, hopefully, in front. We go back to his win at Ascot, beating Sam Cook, and he seemed. It's the first time I've properly acknowledged him, to be honest. And I know as a five-year-old. Uh, we only started seeing him as, as a three-year-old. We never saw him on the track at two. But he is a big, gangly sort. Uh, right big, long neck on him. and a, He has got a big head. I'm going to put it that way. Um, lovely, strong neck. And he looks like a big, galloping sort. And th- that sort of played into his hands a bit uh, at Ascot. They went a decent enough pace uh, up front. And he had a good target to aim at. And... He just carried on plodding on and just got the better of Sam Cook. He travelled very nicely into that race. Um, then you go back to his most recent run at Ascot. He was slightly keen and they went. Up. it was a really, really tactical race that looked closely won. Um, medal winners set a steady enough pace out in front uh, and the front two sort of quickened on and, and not a lot really got in behind, uh, which didn't really suit Jeremiah. He was very keen very early on. Um, and also when he did get his chance to, to try and get going with three furlongs to go he just got hemmed in a bit and he had to switch around and, and I don't think that necessarily suited him um, he, he stayed on late towards the end and I've always been of the opinion in his last couple of runs um, that I'm, I'm watching his replays that I don't think I think the step up in trip might be slightly interesting with him but we've seen him uh, campaigned as a three-year-old over a mile and six, mile and seven, and he run with credit, credit in them sort of races. He bumped into young rascal in in a maiden, 
uh, Austrian school with a handicap, and we all know he went on to uh, run with credit in all the Chester Cups and big races like that, same races like that throughout the season. Um, they tried his hand in the Queen's Vars, and he, he was just outclassed in that. But something like this, I thought he could be a lot more interesting. He did get put, he got put up six powerful winning that race at Ascot. And you look at the bare bones of that result and you think he's clearly not improved. He wore the hood for the first time when winning last time and they retained them again. Uh, and he was, and people, you look at the result and you think he ran poorly, but I don't think anything went his way that day. I think there's a guaranteed strong gallop in this big, field handicapper as there usually is in the e-ball and I just think he'll have something to aim at and if he can get him settled and then get him rolling a long way out there's a nice long straight he's got a big gallop on him uh, lovely long stride I think if he can just get him rolling early on three four furlong to go I think he might be able to sustain, sustain the gallop uh, especially if the ground's on the softer side he has run well with good, uh, good ground in the description as, as you've seen uh, however I'd, I'd think he's overpriced at 25. I like the case, Jim. I like the case, mate. The ones... It's a race where I'm actually struggling to get away from a few at the top of the market. Fajera Prince looked Ebor horse all over, didn't he, when he won at Royal Ascot? You know, Mm. he was was pretty lightly raced for his age prior to that. That was only his seventh career start. Absolutely hacked up off a mark of 99. He comes here off 108, which isn't unfair, and you'd expect, well, a run in the first four here would see him, you know, this be his last one in a handicap really for a while, there'd be bigger and better things uh, coming in for him after that. Pablo Escobar won the glorious takes last time out, Group 3, first attempt over this trip, looks like he should stay. Completely see why he's why he's popular in the market. That's, and that's, I mentioned my my main worry with Pablo Escobar is I, I don't think he'll stay. Uh, don't you? No, I mean I was listening to Maureen Haggis talk about Roberto Escobar, his brother, and she was saying that they're two completely opposite horses. So Roberto Escobar looks like he could have been a cup could be a cup horse, and Roberto Escobar, she says, I don't think he'll stay as strongly as as what William thinks. William quite clearly thinks he will. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence of Pablo Escobar staying this extended distance, but sorry to interrupt. Carry on. No, no, it's, it's, it's a very, very fair comment to make, Paul. It's a fair comment. Uh, I mentioned last week that I like Trushan. Uh, again, this will suit him, this trip. Improved as the season went on last year, won a listed race on his only, uh, sorry, on his second start this season. After finishing fourth, the dashing Willoughby on his seasonal return. Obviously, Alinak wasn't as good as we'd have liked at the weekend. Well, he was respectable. It was respectable. Uh, and again, 109 shouldn't put you off true, Shan. That's a fair level of his ability. And same with Pondus, who is a, you know, looks like a soft horse that had been bought for the Melbourne Cup. Maybe a little bit slower uh, to get into stride for Joseph O'Brien than people would have liked. One on his second start at Roscommon, disappointed at short odds last time out in the Ballyroan. 
but he's always looked like a ho- the sort of horse that would have stamina as his strong suit. I'm surprised this is the first time he's ran over over a, a distance further than 12 furlongs when it always has looked like it would suit him. So I can completely see the case for him. I might, though, Jim, have a little bit of a swing at 20-1 to 1 on Ghost Watch. Yeah, uh, Melrose winner. The Melrose winner. And I, do you know what, mate? I've been trying to find... So the last horse to win, the Melrose and the Ebor out was I've been I've been looking for about fifteen minutes and I can't find previous winners of the of the Melrose anywhere on the internet. So that's really irritating. It doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. So that's done my head in. But it'd be a really, really tidy double for a horse to win the Melrose at three. And Ghostwatch is five now. Uh missed out his entire four year old campaign last season. But his last two starts have both been good. Fourth in the uh, sorry, sorry, he's not been fourth in any race ever. Don't know why I said that. Uh, Runner up at Newmarket in the July meeting uh, last time out behind Cape Coast uh, in that big uh, race over this trip, uh, in which we both were very keen on. Sam Cook, who almost went off favourite, that did go off favourite, something along those lines. Uh, Ran well there though, Ghost Watch, and then went over to France at the start of this month and finished. Third in a listed race. His form as a three-year-old's good. His form as a three-year-old is good, like you said, a Melrose winner. And then was also running good races after that. Won the novel Merlis and beat Mekong, who I fancied for this race last year. Austrian school was in behind there, as was MBH. So it was clearly a decent renewal. He's been back to form, you know. We, we know he's not any worse off for his uh, season out. Uh, for whatever reason that was, you can only assume he must have been injured. Uh, back now with a mark of 106. I don't think that might be beyond him. A 20 to 1, I take that as a fair enough each way price. Yeah, um, I echo what you say about the top of the, the top of the market. Yeah, it has been difficult. I do think Fajira Prince has got an excellent chance of winning this. Um, I strongly fancied him to win that Copper Horse handicap last time. I can pour calls in that form, however. Um, he, he did win it very comfortably uh, and as you said he did look like a group horse and a handicap I just didn't want to be making a strong case for an 8-1 to favourite of Ebor um, I, I don't like the chances of Pablo Escobar um, I, think, I agree with you Lewis true shans a horse I do like and I do, I do think that this mark's fair enough for him Pondus is a he's a frustrating horse for, for me I've, fo- I've followed him since he, since his early days, uh, that fourth behind King of Change, I thought he, he caught the eye massively at Nottingham, um, and he's just been slightly disappointed since he joined Joseph O'Brien. I've always been of opinion. I thought, like you said, I thought that we'd be seeing him over novice hurdles in a couple of years' time or something. Um, that I, I don't think that would be out of the equation. And, and Monica Sheriff in this is interesting. Um, We've only seen her six times and uh, she's won five of them and, and she got beaten on debut and since then she's never looked back. Uh, she's started off a mark of 83 and she's progressed to 102. Uh, I think the handicappers uh, certainly acknowledged her wins and they have been very impressive in them all, by one of them including a 20-length romp. Uh, and it's interesting that they're going straight to, to this race without a prep. With Monica Sheriff and Deja, who I didn't think would be running after Phoenix, there are Reds have freezed every uh, freezed all the English account racings, and 
Um, she's fascinating. She won the, uh, not she, sorry, he, uh, won the old Newton Cup last time, impressively, after uh, running well enough at Ascot in the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes. Um, it is a very, very deep race, and I do think that Fajira Prince has got an excellent chance. Uh, however, I'll, I'll, I'll take 25s with Jeremiah. Fair enough, mate. It might if, be a fractional. But if, if I was to try and come up with one at a bigger price, it would be Ghost Watch. But I'd, I'd like to side it for Jerry Prince and Trushan. Yeah, I'd be exactly the same. I'd be, I, they'd be my main two, but the price is Jeremiah. Uh, can I also make a statement? If Communicate wins... Um, I will run round the knaves, Maya. There you go. That's not. This is, this is something most people can do, that Jim. Well, it's not I can't. It's a strenuous, strenuous task. With my top off, does that does that attract anything? Uh, it makes it slightly more meaningful. But again, that's something I do quite happily. There needs yeah. to be some sort of no, danger to the scenario. Can we? Can we have like? Can I unleash like hornets or something? Hornets. Chased by hornets. Yeah, if you want. We'll do that then. Just make sure they don't upset Batash. <laughs> uh, yeah, bless him. Communicate. He needs a day off, doesn't he? Poor fella. He's been vigorously camping every week. Bang, he's there. Bang, he's there. Uh, since the resumption of racing. 7th of June, 19th of June, 9th of July, 18th of July, 31st of July, 15th of August... And he's back again this weekend. Oh, I hope he runs well. And at four ten, it's the Rolls of Stakes. James, any opinion on that? Uh, yeah, it's interesting that Nigel Tinkle has, has gone for the gym crack with You Better Believe It. And he's gone with Aklam Express for the Roses. Um, he showed full of pace. He was full of pace last time at Goodwood in that nursery. Uh, he soon defied a mark of 77. Uh, and the handicap has certainly not missed him, putting him up £15 for that victory. Uh, it, he ran against Winter Power, who was strongly fancied after hosing up at Redcar previously, and he absolutely blitzed out the gates, um, raced more towards the middle, and, and won very impressively in the end by four and a quarter length, which is something you don't often see over five furlongs. Um, I think seven to one about him with William Hill. Each way is a solid enough price for me. Ben McDewey has strong form, finishing second to Steel Bull. Uh, in the Mulcombe with international dreams since winning at Ripon in a nice four-runner race. Uh, Loudid also has a good third at Goodwood in the Richmond Stakes. Uh, I just feel like Aklam Express has been slightly underestimated in the market due to the trainer and Tom Marquand booked for the ride, uh, who's yet to get on the score sheet at York and hopefully he, he will be on sooner rather than later. Yeah, glorious Goodwood form being represented here by Ben McDewey, runner-up to Steel Bull in the Malcolm, the third from that race, International Dream, was a, was a winner at Ripon at the weekend. That's fairly useful form for this level, and I can see why his favourite, Lauded, uh, was third in the Richmond behind Supremacy as well. Uh, we'll see whether that form gets a boost. Well, you'll already know if that form gets a boost by the time this goes out, or maybe by the time you're listening to this with Yazaman, who runs in the gym crap. Uh, 
I completely see your case for Acclam Express. Politics. I liked him on well. He showed promise on his debut at Ponty, but you'd have been a little bit disappointed, I, I think, given that he never looked like ever winning the race. But you could see he was consistently learning on the job. He put that experience to good use next time out, uh, landing very short odds to win at Sandown. Former that strong as well. Dark Illusion won the other day at Bath and Pure Dreamer ran a fair enough race behind Cairn Island in that nursery the other day. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. The horse who beat politics, regional, is one that I'd, I'd be very keen on next time he turns up. I thought that was a very a, a very good debut performance from him. Uh, I, oh, politics has put that debut run behind him, but I, I got the feeling that he looked a little bit, well, as green as possible, and a little bit gangly, and a little bit of the sort of horse that wasn't quite ready yet. Put that experience to a deuce, went and won at Sandown. I hope he'd do, he'd do well here. I hope he'd do well, but I think in basic form terms, Ben McDewey went off such a big prize for the Molecombe because he, he didn't have the most sexy of profiles, even though he was a debut maiden winner. You know, Kevin Ryan does well with his two-year-olds, though, especially at York. Hamilton's not exactly a breathing ground for superstars, but I see no reason to doubt uh, that he currently holds the strongest form in the race. And up against some, I want to say less exposed. Ben McDewey isn't really exposed, but Horsley have been doing their winning at a lower level. Uh, I'd be happy enough to take the falls about him. I don't think that's a poor price. Yeah, uh, and Aquam Express for me at seven. And at 4.40, we've got the Skybet handicap over a mile and two furlongs. Really tidy races, no betting as such yet, so it's a little bit of a hard one to analyse. But, Jim, just looking at the entries, anything that catches your eye? Well, you go look at Sinjari, who won last time, uh, over, over course and distance, and, and May Danny, who was nothing but impressive at Goodwood, uh, being out of attraction in Dubai with Mark Johnson, did so well with attraction. She, he's certainly interesting. Uh, and then you've got your, your consistent types at this level in your uh, fifth position and Mountain Hunter, uh, who are, also got chances. If I was Probably to side with one, uh, I'd probably pick May Danny uh, at this moment in time. Uh, but it, it, it looks a, a classy renewal. Yeah, it does. It's, it's a really good race. I put Sinjari up for the John Smith's Cup and I see no reason to desert him here. My reasoning for that was I felt like he was a horse who, the sort of horse who could be winning listed races. Uh, he's, in, he's here off 103, which is £8 more than he won the John Smith's Cup with. But if he is going to be winning listed races... He needs to be better than 103. And I'd be hopeful that he would be. He's got the benefit of a seasonal run under his belt as well. So maybe that could go some way to nullifying the £8 a little bit. You'd expect him to take take a step forward with a little bit more fitness under his belt. So that might go a little bit of a way to bridging his rise in the weights. May Danny, I completely see the case, but £11 is a very, very uh, stern rise for a horse who has flopped before. So I'm, I'm just a little bit wary of him there. My Danny is the sort of horse I'd have been interested in this race if he was coming in it off 90. But off the back of a win, I'm not sure how much I like him off 101. He uh, absolutely he, romped on the last time over for, by five lengths comfortably. He, he, I thought he deserved a ride like that. 
I know, I know he hacked up, but with most of this field in behind as well. This, do you know? Just think there's something about him. Maybe, maybe because disappointed as a two-year-old. Maybe that—that's why. I, 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 I think maybe Danny's got talent, but I think he may all may almost always be this sort of horse who is overbet. Because he was sneaking into good races and running well without coming close off low weights. Mm. You know what I mean? And then, you know, he was turned off at odds on, turned over at odds on, uh, on his start before Goodwood. He, and he still went off favourite at Goodwood. He was a right gamble on the day, wasn't he? But I, I feel like he's a sort of horse that they will always be serious money for. And I'm just not quite sure. Surely they get to a point where he meets his level. Yeah. You know, and, and that'll be why, look, there is no betting, so we're, I'm, we're talking complete theoreticals here anyway. But it's such a competitive race that we couldn't uh, not give it a mention. Also on the Saturday, before before we move away, uh, there's a debit and stakes at the current Mila, who absolutely hacked up at Galway last time out by 11 lengths. Uh, she's fab for that 15 to 8. There's also Shale, uh, the, the daughter of homecoming queen for Donica O'Brien, Mother Earth and pretty gorgeous in there as well. And the Futurity Stakes, uh, Cadillac, Jesse Harrington's Colt, lots of hype about him, nine-length winner on debut. You can completely see why as well. He's 13-8, to Fav, uh, to get that group to under his belt, Van Gogh, military-style Southern Cape. and Southern Cape, is that Southern Cape, yeah? Yes, it is. And Max Swinney. In there as well. Aidan O'Brien obviously normally has an absolute strangled hole on this race. Uh, he has won six of the last seven renewals, including with Glen Eagles, Churchill, Anthony Van Dyke and Armoury. He doesn't win this with bad ones. Uh, so it's, it might be worth paying attention to Van Gogh and military style in here, even though Van Gogh's beat still a maiden. Nevertheless, Cadillac looks like a little bit of a very, very decent horse. Uh, in that, moving on to the Sunday, Jim, uh, the headlines in Britain come at Sandown, the Solario Stakes at 3.40. Uh, you're a big fan of Fevrova, does she win this? Um, no, because I think she's going to France, uh, if I read correctly. Uh, the news of Dan Dalla missing the pre-morning uh, as well comes. Fevrova runs in the Shadwell Prix de Calvados um, in France this weekend, so sadly we won't see her... Uh, in England, but we will see her in France. Uh, but uh, you've got to respect Maximal. Uh, Guru slightly disappointed last time at Kempton, but the track was riding weird that day, and I don't think he was ever in love with it. Uh, but he, he's a beautifully bred horse who uh, did a lot wrong pre-race and, uh, and still showed himself with some credit last time. So stepping up into Group 3 company, uh, it's certainly a, a good thing here. And, and I, I was impressed with Dino, uh, who finished second behind De Harvey uh, of Charlie Appleby's last time. Never quite got a run and was given a, a, a light enough ride last time out by Shane Kelly. Just hands and heels towards the end to just educate him a bit. He outrun his odds at 50s. I thought he was he was one of the main eye-catchers of, of maidens this season, I think. Uh, it's interesting he's in this and Richard Hannon also sends Etonian 
who another one at a big price that won a, a deep maiden at Sandown, um, sort of was carried very badly left towards the beginning and, and, and was towards the back of the field, but soon knew the game with, with only a couple of furlongs to go and, and led and comfortably won. Uh, soon clear ahead of this field and I was impressed with Atonia uh, as well. Um, also, the, you've got your, your sort of types that you've seen already in this, your Dark Lions, um, Dubai Fountain's got an entry in, in Seventh Kingdom, uh, but I do quite like Dino in this. There are prices, Jim. Do you want me to read them out? Yeah, far away. Three's Atonian favourite, 72 Dubai Fountain, four's Maximal, five Seventh Kingdom, Forever Grateful, six is King Vega and Dark Lion, and seven's for Dino. Like you said, he was probably, like you said, one of the most eye-catching runners in a maiden this season. I actually felt like he shaped like a better horse than De Harvey. Yeah, I agree. On the day, just got no sort of run. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a step. I think it was a decent maiden. It's a little bit of a step uh, quite quickly from... Well, he didn't, he didn't know he was 50-1. to one, But for a horse to finish uh, second at 50-1... to one, on his debut in a maiden, and then go and win a group three at sevens. I mean, I think I think the disparity in price there probably tells you how much of a good run that was from Dinu if you've not seen it yet. Uh, Atonian, like you mentioned, winner on debut. Completely see uh, why he's popular in the betting. Dubai Fountain is a little bit more exposed runner-up uh, behind Fevrover in the Star Stakes and then behind Star of Emirate in the Sweet Solera. Sets a decent standard, but I'd be hopeful some of the boys could improve past her here. Yeah, if I I'm agree. honest. I think I'll be with Maximal, mate. I really like uh, that novice stakes that he was second to. We didn't get to see Guru at the weekend. Look, Guru he, he was... ran at Kempton. Did he? Yeah, he ran at Kempton the other day. Uh, was it? When was the 18th? Was it Tuesday? He was disappointing. He, he ran... I'd even say he ran shocky, but I do think that Kempton, it was riding, it favoured to be for horses to be towards the front, and he was mid-division and could never quick or quicken away. Uh, he finished fifth in the end. Um, that's the only slight negative towards that form. Legend of Dubai has been beaten since. Calcutta Cups won at yeah, Chester, and Ross Gollin has won, but disappointed the other day at York, and Shanghai Rock's been disappointing too. Oh, I, I know. I, 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 I think it was a decent enough race. I won't take. I take that more as as just Guru being well below form rather than that was a poor race. That can't have been Guru's running. It can't have been. Because because we know that horse that he would be in at Newbury would have finished better than fifth in that Kempton race. Uh, looking at it now, I, I, I felt they both ran well. I thought they battled the way to the line. Time form have it down as a really good figure. The pair of them. Uh, so I'd be hopeful Maximo could get the job done here. Yeah, and I'll go Dino, as I said. Uh, there's also the Atalanta stakes. Uh, we'll, we'll just give that a quick touch. Again, we only have entries at this stage, but you've got a lot of the usual suspects. Billsden Brook, Lavender's Blue were in there, Voracious, Anassis, Agincourt, they're all jocked up. You've also got the likes of Ananerium uh, and Quadrilateral 
also in that they're not jocked up yet, so we're not sure whether they'll go. That's normally a decent race. Uh be interesting to see who stands their ground for that. Uh, the big race, though, on the Sunday comes in France. It's Supreme Honor, uh, Group 1 for two-year-olds. Uh, do you have prices, mate? I do. Uh, tactical heads the, the market at 7-4, to four, Campanelle at 9-4, to four, Rhythm Master at 5s, Nando Parado at 8s, Cairngorm 12 and 20 to 1 bar the rest of the field we'll start with the favourite then tactical I really like this call Jim uh, 7 to 4 I'll have it do you think um, well, a, I, 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 I don't think it's the best betting proposition in the world but I don't think I'm put off by 7 to 4 it, it doesn't. It doesn't make me want to. It doesn't scream out to me. This horse is clearly underpriced. Go and find a better one. Yes. Um, he's not done a lot wrong, really, in his last two starts. Winning the Windsor Castle uh, impressively, and then backing that up over six in the July Stakes last time, beating Yazaman once again. Um, it'd be interesting there. He's running against a different set of horses uh, that he hasn't really faced before. Um, he would you say he's the best two-year-old from England you've seen this season? Up there, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't say I feel like there could be something to progress past him just yet. Um, Wesley Ward's Campanelle won the Queen Mary the other day. The other day at Royal Ascot, um, Sacred who we saw run today, um finished second that day and, and so she couldn't get her head in front but Happy Romance who finished fifth has, has backed that up winning uh, as well today and Caroline Dale's run well at uh, a solid level so I think the form of that race is fairly solid, solid enough I do think the ground is a key for Campanelle uh, I do think the better ground the better for her it, it, it will be um, and I won't be surprised if it does go soft in front but she might even get withdrawn um, We've seen Nando Parado uh, make a, a massive upset at Royal Ascot the other uh, the other month when winning the Coventry. Uh, I, I do have question marks about that race so far. There's not a lot that's come out of it and been as impressive, but um, he, he show, showed clear progress from his Newmarket run to Ascot and Rhythm Master. Um, of Michael uh, of Richard Fahey, sorry, was very very impressive uh, at Haydock last time, won by a fair enough distance. Uh, the form of that's fairly solid as well. I've looked, I've been trying to look to find tactical to get tactical beat, but I'm struggling at this moment in time. Yeah, I'm thinking that. What do you make of Campanelle then? I think. I think she's probably got the ability to win this. Um, however, I do think the ground's key, and often in France you see a lot more digging the ground. Uh, that's my only worry. I, I think a, a fast, a fast track is very helpful in her chances of winning. Fair enough, mate. Anything further down the bed? Cairn Gorms, you can't say has done a lot wrong. Uh, won that race in France last time I think it was a listed race off the top of my head uh, he finds a lot for pressure uh, and he's game as anything it's interesting they're going here 
find out where he was. He was entered in the sales race that was today, I think, as well. Um, but other than him, no, not really. Fair enough, pal. Anything else you want to mention from the weekend? Um, I don't think I have, really. I think I've mentioned most of the things that uh, I, I wanted to say. Uh, just have a quick look at, at the tracker. What have we got running this weekend? Uh, nothing that I've not already mentioned. There's a lot of fields of York. So, yeah, hopefully we can have a few more winners and, and finish the week better than what we started it. Uh, I'm going to mention a couple of summer jumpers. Killarney have a good card on Saturday night. Uh, there's a novice chase where Galvin's out up against Lasso Relief. That's a decent race. We hope Galvin, uh, well, he should win that and put a better week uh, for the Galvins and Gavins of the world. Uh, at 5.35, it's a, uh, another good grade B handicap chase. Robin DeFore and Live Love Laugh are in there, uh, so that should be fun. Let's watch them both tank round two out and both empty into fourth and fifth, as per usual. Uh, and the Wave of the Sea makes his chasing debut. Uh, at Kalani on Saturday night as well. Uh, I gets all the allowances to be in a four-year-old, but obviously up there with not quite Goshen's level, but one of the better juvenile hurdlers from last season. So I'd like to see how he gets on over fences on his first start at Kalani. Uh, RTR nap comp time, pal. Oh, um, we'll go... Well, nap Sandinato. Um we will next best will be Aklam Express and my reserve will be Lord Gwitters fair enough mate oh I don't want to do a double nap but oh yes we need a title for this pod do we want to do we want to go for it yeah go on let's go let's have a bit of teamwork I'll go Sandinato as well He's he's the he's a better like the most. Yeah. At five to one. Uh, my next best would be Pogo, who in the hour since we've been recording this podcast, it said he's gone from ten to one to six to one. Uh, surely the prices must have been slashed across the board. They must have just been one bucket uh, as a complete outlier. And then they've they've slashed absolutely everything in the market and clocked onto the fact that it's you know it's not a week before the race anymore, uh, so you can't get the ten to one about Polgo anymore. He's six as best price now as this goes out, uh, and let's reserve a wave of the sea just for a bit of fun. We like a horse making a chasing debut, and he was a fun horse last season. Yeah, nice three. It is. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the York Ebon meeting. I'm good I'm not there. Yeah, devastating, but that's the times we are and hopefully we'll be back on courses soon. Yeah, we hope you're enjoying it as well. Uh, thanks a lot to Rating the Race for their support. Thanks to everyone for listening and we'll be back early next week with a York review. Yeah, can do. Thanks for listening. See you in a bit. See you later. Stay safe.